0: Jesus was an extraordinary teacher. He was always trying to teach people about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. And he could use anything, a plant, a bird, a tree, a mustard seed, and he would make a connection that would make sense so that people could begin to try to experience the kingdom of God in their lives. So if Jesus were here today, standing before you, he might say something like this. You are the vinegar of the world. Now, anyone who knows the cleaning power of vinegar, it's extraordinary. You can use it on windows, on anything. It's just, it's, it's amazing. And, and maybe that would be a way of describing our effect in the world. Or, you are the laxative of the world. I'm not going to go there, okay? But, but I'm sure there would be a way of applying that, the, the freeing and the opening up and the gifting that a laxative could bring into life, you know, and that's what the kingdom of God could do. But he didn't use those. He used salt and light. Light's a huge theme in the Scriptures. We hear it in the first reading again today. And I would say all of these readings, in my opinion, we ought to copy them down and read them uh, weekly at least through Lent. They're extraordinary, great preparation For the season of Lent. Light of the world, let your light shine before men and women. Let your light cut through the darkness. And then it gives this beautiful listing of caring for the poor and giving food to the hungry and clothing the naked, and the list goes on and on. Imagine if all Christian people, Catholic and other Christians, believed this you are salt and you are light. Now, get out there and share it. Salt and light. Uh, but Jesus didn't just make a statement, he often would teach or, or unpack the message. So he says, You're the salt of the earth. But he asked this question What if salt loses its flavor? <laughs> what good is it? He said, Just take it, throw it out, and walk on it. It's useless. You are light. Does does anybody light a lamp and then put a basket over it so you can't see the light? Only somebody who's cuckoo in the head, you know. You light the light to give the lights. That's the purpose. So what if it is true to say that you and I are salt and light? What are we supposed to do with that? Now, uh, I uh, was two years old when... um, Albert Schweitzer won the Nobel Peace Prize in 1952. So I didn't know that or know anything about it. You remember that, Joe? Do you? Okay, Albert Schweitzer. He was a theologian, an organist, a philosopher, a physician, and medical missionary. He went to Africa on his own, I believe, to, to uh, do missionary work. He was extraordinary. He wrote a book which I've not read, but I pledge now to read it. It's called Reverence for Life. And this little explanation says, this is one quote out of literally hundreds for this book that he wrote. And this is a quote that was... Albert Schweitzer once said, do something for somebody every day for which you do not get paid. Something good or somebody, every day, and you don't get paid. You don't get any recompense. He also, um, I think, he just got it. He got this message. He understood what Jesus was saying. He got it. He realized this gospel is just not true. It's absolutely true. In fact, he said this. He said, um, One thing I know, the only ones among you who will be really happy are those who will have sought and found how to serve. Uh, And again, I believe that's true. Ask volunteers for any organization. Ask volunteers in the church. They'll tell you why they do it. It just feels so good to do it. I love giving. And they give it, and they, they discover the good. It's not that they're doing good, although they are doing good. But in the doing good, they discover goodness. They become goodness. And this kind of goodness is something that transforms a person, that makes them new, that brings them happiness. Brings them happiness. You know, uh, volunteerism in the church, one of the gifts of the pandemic, I say, was this new crop of volunteers that came up. Because I couldn't have done what had to be done every day to move Basically, the sacristy outside to that corner and then bring it back after every day and uh, on Sunday. And so this group of volunteers developed. And they were like uh, little mice out there running all around doing everything that needed to be done. But then after the pandemic was more or less over, they came in here and they continued. And they are just a backbone here. They clean the church. They, they do everything. I say, well, this needs to be done. It's done. It's done. And they do it joyfully. I've not seen one of them complain. Sure, Father, we'll do it. We'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. We got it. So Jesus, I think, the great teacher, once again, told us what we need to do in order to be really alive. Uh, This year, we're celebrating 30 years of Together Mission, and as I announced last week, For the next three weeks, this week is uh, the announcement Sunday, next week's the pledging Sunday, and the week after that is the follow-up pledging Sunday. We do this every year, Um, and this is how it came about. First of all, I've been in a parish in the inner city in South Central for 12 years, the poorest place I ever was in. And um, one year, the last paycheck for the teachers of the year I couldn't pay it. We couldn't pay it. We didn't have the money. We ran out. Not by bad planning, there were, people were poor there and they couldn't always afford tuition and it just, we ran out. So I was faced with this dilemma. Do I go to the diocese? Well, I have to, but oh my God, there was one Monsignor, notorious, he was in charge of all finances and he was the door you knocked on when you needed money. But he could make you feel like a worm. What? You can't pay the salaries? What are you doing? Aren't you prepared? And you just had to kind of grovel before him. And I just didn't want to go through this. So I thought of my options. I said, I can go grovel or I'll ask some priest friends of mine for $1,000 a piece. So I wrote to 20 priest friends and people that I knew. And one I served with, them, one was my first pastor who I don't think he cared for me at all. But he put up with me, this young, uh, crazy priest. And um, over half gave me $1,000 and wrote a nice letter back to me. And that pastor gave me $2,000. And I was uh, able to uh, pay the teachers. And I was so grateful, so grateful. They were light to me. They were salt. And they helped me out. So in those years... Shortly after that, Cardinal Mahoney began, this was 30 years ago, this together in mission. Because instead of going to that Monsignor and groveling for money, for emergency money, he said, why don't we build a fund? And instead of taking it out of the general funds of the church, let's build the fund that will take care of this need. So they developed this idea that we would go back and look at the last year, the previous year, and look at the ordinary income that came into the parish through collections, and mainly collections, and we would identify 10% of that amount. And then the next year, in, in addition to the regular donating that we do every Sunday, we would raise that 10%. So if a church, and there are a few, there are a few that would bring in a million dollars a year in collections, they would have to come up with $100,000 for the Together in Mission. And so this fund was built. It it brings in about, uh, I'm going to say, 20 million, something like that. And out of that, in fact, in the pews, there's a sheet that gives this story. Out of that, schools and churches that can't afford it are helped. They're given a helping hand. Um, And it works beautifully. Every year we do it. And some people say to me, somebody said to me last night, why does the church always ask for money? I said, because that's how you operate. I, how can you do ministry without money? You, how do you feed the poor if you can't buy the food for the poor? You know, you've you got to use the resources. But this one is different. This one is a commitment on our, on, on our church, and we even call it together in mission. And what's the mission? Read the first reading. There it is. The mission is to love this world. The mission is to reach out and care for those who need it. The mission is to be light and to be salt. And we are promised that when we do it, goodness fills us. It fills us. So, uh, once again, we announce it this weekend and say, can we all join in this? Can we all work together in mission to show our love to those who have much less. And it's an extraordinary effort, and it brings a lot of goodness, a lot of life, and a lot of love. You know, I, I, as I've grown older in the church and 46 years of this priesthood, there are some things that I have seen that I, uh, I love. And this is one of them. I love it because... You know, when I went down to the Monsignor, it was only the Monsignor and I who knew where this money was coming from. Nobody knew. Nobody was a part of it. It was just taken from general funds and given to me with the express purpose for which I was receiving it. But this is different. This is asking the average Mary or Joe in the pew to to be a part of this mission, to say, yeah, I'll pledge, And I won't just pop 10 bucks in. I'll give 10 bucks a month. Why not? 20 bucks a month, 100 a month, whatever. And, And this will be my way of participating and knowing that brothers and sisters in faith in poor parishes that really most of the time don't feel that anybody cares is going to get this helping hand, this reaching hand from ordinary people in the pews and say, we can do something. We can share this goodness. So... Here we are. We're preparing for Lent. And again, I propose to you to write these readings out, uh, print them out, go to usccb.org and get the readings, English and Spanish, uh, and, and, and use them during this Lent. Because the point of them, the point of this Sunday, the point of that poster, shine His light. Shine your light. Shine our light. Just by shining the light, others will be able to see. And I believe that as we prepare and go through our Lenten experience, that this is a good place to start and a good place to end, to try to experience this goodness that is uh, offered to us to do for others, and in the doing of it, find our own lives transformed by the good.